LL Nation, what's good? We in this piece. You see your boy represent Lakewood football out there in LA. That's right. <laughs> Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. We are the Lucky Lefty Podcast. That dude, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire, featuring and brought to you by Nora Whiskey. Go to anorawhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey. Anorawhiskey.com. And shout out to everybody. We had a couple of people in LL Nation. Hit us up in the comments from yesterday's show talking about uh, Adora Whiskey being around the Notre Dame campus. That's right. Being available for purchase, man, and, and putting the selfies out there. We appreciate you guys so very much. Let's get into it today, bro. We're on the heels of uh, one of the most successful interviews we've ever had, the Carnell Tate interview. Everybody loved it. Uh, he loved it. His parents loved it. He got good feedback. We hope the LL Nation and uh, the Notre Dame fan base loved it. We hope you feel really good about his recruitment after the interview. So we're going to talk about some of the things that stood out from that interview from us, for us. Today we're also going to talk about the three biggest areas of concern for us going into the offseason. And then just more recruiting news. Like, yo, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think Tommy stopped in. Marcus stopped in on Carnell Friday. And Tommy and Marcus both went back to IMG to not only see Carnell, but then to talk to five-star linebacker Samuel and Pemba. Look, man, somebody asked me a question yesterday. How many five-stars would Notre Dame get in the 2023 class? And the way they're going at it, like yesterday they saw five star, five star, five star. Five. I think they saw at least nine five stars yesterday. Yeah, from the recruiting. That's what we should be recruiting off the top. Yo, mm -hmm. the entire staff raided the state of Texas yesterday, all at the same all time. Over. All over. It all was over. crazy. You so know, Texas is big. You know. Yeah, Texas is big. Texas is over. big. So we're going to get to that as well. And, of course, we'll get to your questions, man. We'll get to your questions. I see DBZ, 77th and South Shore. So you right down the street from the the uh, country club. That's right. Nice nice golf course. Nice nine-hole golf course right there, right off the lake. Beautiful area. If you came back now, DBZ, you wouldn't recognize it. Mm -hmm. you, man, that's a lot of building going on over there. So let's get into it, bro. If you had three areas of concern, the three biggest areas of concern, because I'm excited to see if we agree on this, the three biggest areas of concern for next season, what would they be for you? One would be the quarterback. Still, even after we talked about the lay of the land yesterday, quarterback is still. I want to see it. I know it, it's shaping up to be good, but I want to see it because that – I mean, if we go out there and kick butt at that position that first game, I think yeah. we got a shot for the playoffs, absolutely. So it'll tell a lot that first game with the quarterback being good, really good. The second thing of concern, I would probably say, interesting, the linebacking core. I want to see how that shapes out. I know we've heavily recruited it, 
I know we looking to, you know, put a lot of pieces into it. I want to see Prince Conley get in there and shake things up. And I think that's going to be the core of the team that everything else is going to emanate after, especially the defense. And then the last thing I want to see is just the command of Marcus Freeman and Tommy. I want to see that relationship uh, be cohesive to where, you know, I know Tommy's running the ship, but if Marcus has a piece, you know, that he has to throw in there, that they can work together in games, game situations, be better suited for the offense. So I want to say that relationship works because that can be a, a huge problem. You know, it can be a huge problem that can build up in the middle of the season when we don't need that. So those are the three things for me. I'm going to differ just a little bit. We know quarterback. Uh, for me, that's like the low-hanging fruit. I really wanted to dig in on this. So my three biggest concerns. Number one, and a lot of people might not understand why I say this, but, you know, I have to go ahead and give context. Number one for me is without question the linebackers. Yeah. I'm, I love Kaiser. I love Bertrand. But look here, man. That's got it. It's you know, Prince Collie time. It's Prince Collie time. It's Prince Collie time. <laughs> and, and, yo, Jalen Sneed might have to be under the – yo, he might have to be – Justin Adamiola might have to give up his number. Because that, that number nine – that number nine is meant – that number nine is meant for special people. It's a special number, man. That's a special number. So he might have to swap that out with Jalen Sneed. <laughs> and and, and Jalen Sneed might be under that freshman to start at. He might get he might get some of that early freshman action. Yeah. He should. I mean, the linebacking court should be pretty good next year. It should be. So that's that's my number one concern. Because we know that there are unknown variables on the offensive side of the ball. Okay. So that defense really has to step up, though. And that's crazy because the defense carried this team the majority of the year. For years. You can get upset for years, absolutely. Even this year, you get the letdown in the Fiesta Bowl. That's cool. We didn't like it. But now, you know, yeah, they started training yesterday with Matt Bayless. So now it's like, yo, endurance needs to be better. All right. Especially with this. The schedule is much, much tougher than it was last season. The toughest it's been in years. <laughs> so <laughs> that endurance, that depth, it's a good thing that everybody came back. Yep. You know, they wanted to come back and be under the MF era. But that linebacking court really needs to step up. And you might see a lot of freshmen getting a lot of playing time. Jalen Sneed leading the way. And it's got to be led by them on defense because we're going with a three-down front. That reason. Go ahead. And it's just like you said, man, that's the the staple. It's even more important defensively because we're playing some really good offensive teams. You just saw uh, Brandon Rice commit to USC, and I told you guys we should have got him. But he's ended up going to USC. He's going to, have, you know, so we'll see him in the, in the future. But that goes into the offenses that are building in the season that we're playing. 
So defense, especially linebackers, got to be in sync. And I'm really excited, like you said, about seeing those freshmen in there because of that speed factor and the playmaking ability. I know Jalen Steen will be a playmaker. Yeah. I feel like uh, J.D. Bertrand is going to get better. I trust that he's going to get in the gym. And then I trust that these young guys, other young guys coming in are going to shake it up, especially uh, in that in that middle of the field area. That yeah. we, like yesterday was just so open. It's going to be a lot more traffic in there, especially with blue Notre Dame jerseys. Lucky Nothing Podcast, Sean Davis, Malik Zaire. We're talking about the three biggest concerns that we have going into the offseason. After the linebackers, now this is where everybody's going to look at me, you know, with the screw face. Defensive line. No, yeah, agreed. I agree with that. I need more, man. Yeah. Like, in, in my opinion, you didn't show up in the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. You didn't show up. Spencer mm-hmm. Sanders was a little bit too clean. A little second bit half. Second half. It. Isaiah Fowski had one sack, and I was in the first. And that round. was in the first series. That was in the first, first series. series. So the defensive line has to step it up. And on the interior, yo, the run, the rush defense gave up way too many big plays. Yeah. And that's the D-line and the linebackers working together. I need that. Start with the D-line. We didn't see what a a super sweet D-line looked like. Right. And how it just controlled the run game. And it's like they had to go to the pass. Right. If we're forcing teams to pass because the D-line is just cutting that out, I mean, that's a that's a great ingredient for a national championship team. Like over the last five years, I believe Notre Dame is averaging, uh, giving up 87 yards per game on the ground, which is pretty good. I mean, anytime yeah. you're under 100, that's a good defense. That's a good rush defense. But championship rush defense sits around 55 to 60. And we can get there. It's only about 30-something yards, but we can close the gap. You know, some teams giving up 150 yards rushing. Yeah. Yeah. And I know everybody thinks, man, yo, I know you're about to say cornerback with everything that happened with C. Lou. Nope. Because I feel like they focus on that, number one, going in. <laughs> that's That's not even – My third concern is wide receiver, bro. Yeah. I'm going to keep it a buck. Yeah. I, just like you need to see it from the quarterbacks, I need to see it. New wide receiver coach, Chancey Stuckey, I need to see it. He got I, a lot of work cut out, though. I need you I need you to get off press. Dude, the most, and we'll get into it. Did you understand? This is why Carnell Tate is a much get. Remember he told a story about the competition when he first got down there. And he said, I went up against this cornerback from Texas. Yeah. This kid from Dallas. And he was like, yo, he came up to me in a rep and he jump bumped me. And he was like, I had never seen it. Never seen it. He said, I've never seen it. But the fact that he recognized it, like, oh, this this kid knows all right. What, what, yeah, what he's going against. So if a high school junior is working on bump release, bump release, what the heck? What's going on at Notre Dame, bro? Like, what was? What are we talking about? 
We did an interview with a high school junior with recognition of technique being used against him by a cornerback and talking about having to adjust. A high school junior. Yeah. And we had an entire wide receiver core that struggled to get off bump and run. Yeah. So for I mean, me, that, that's a huge concern. But that, <laughs> that speaks to the difference yeah. between the type of players that you get. Like, not all football players are football players. You see what I'm saying? You can get guys that are athletic. <laughs> so you're talking about getting track guys and turning them into wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, just in, I mean, you know, there's some guys that are just football guys. They may not be the fastest, but they're football guys, so they're gonna be around the football. They're gonna make plays, this, that, and third. There's a lot of receivers that love the game and and study the game that are very talented, like a Carnell Tate. That are reasons why they're five stars, you know. Yeah. And then there's guys that we get sometimes that are talented, but may not be the football IQ talent that we're looking to get. And, you know, you talk about Chancey Stuckey coming in there and developing those guys. Sometimes you got to gauge the room. Not everybody understands what Cardinal Tate may understand that junior year because you're getting guys because they're fast or whatever the case is. I agree with you. He's a must get because he's the all around receiver that does get it. Yeah. And when you get a guy like that in a room with Chancey Stuckey, that's where you see, Number one receiver, you see a Drake London pop up. You see a guy that's all over the place getting the ball because it's a kid that's putting his 50% in with a guy that now, you know, Chance Stuck can't work magic. I don't want right. anybody to think that he's about to get in there and just in one day make us better than Ohio State's receiver room. And I'm not expecting that for the first game, but I do think that he'll give a base for guys to, to know stuff like that. Okay, I know what I'm going against. At least I can uh, do some different things to get off of it, but that's that's what we're looking for. So it is interesting to see how the difference between a guy like a Carnell Tate, who we're we're telling everybody this is a guy we need because it's going to develop that room outside of what the coach is going to do. Right, right. We may just have guys that are just athletes. I mean, we got a team right now that are two way players. <laughs> Basically. So technique is is definitely not on the high end of we, we, where we are right now, especially because we're young. So we're trying to get more guys like Carnell that can be a great asset to a developing team with a bunch of superstar talent. You know, that's how you develop that chemistry. So when I talk about the wide receivers, and like I said, it was easy to go ahead and say based upon what, you know, Oklahoma State did to Clarence Lewis and, it was easy to say all oh, cornerback, but honestly, dude, cornerback's been an issue with Notre Dame for how long? Years. Back when I was playing. It's not even my concern. Yeah, like That's everybody like, okay. Like, yeah. Like. So, you know, we have guys like we have youngsters that red shirted, like Philip Riley, that are talented, that are gonna get an opportunity. If C Lou doesn't step up, that's gonna be on him. Yeah, Philip Ryan. They, they go get Brandon Joseph. They solidify the safety position. You still have uh, Houston Griffith coming back. Xavier Watts. You have depth on the back end. Cam Hart. Yes. Yeah, so if you got a dude in Cam Hart, the safety's solidified, and just one side that I have to worry about, 
I have to worry about the entire linebacking core. You yeah. want to talk about one dude getting exposed? The entire linebacking core got exposed in the Fiesta Bowl. The entire. The entire wide receiver core got exposed. Except for Lorenzo. Yeah, I mean, and he should have got the ball even more. So, And they got exposed with 500 yards in the air. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's it's damn near better that we didn't win it because we wouldn't be as critical on what we need to be ready for going into the first game next year. Man, so we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot. Like you said, man, I'm looking forward to the recruiting changing and us solving issues with people that play that position rather than getting people in, recruiting them for one side, and then having to flip them to the other side because we don't have an answer. Because we don't have an answer. Because we don't have an answer. We should make it like everybody just do a combine when you get here, and we'll just start picking it out. You know what I mean? That's how it it shouldn't be like, damn, everybody in the room is getting toasted. We got to find somebody else on the team. Thanks. So, man, let's get to – before we dive in a little more, uh, I got Eugene Williams. Thank you for tapping in. I did uh, listen to the In the Garage podcast with the guys. They said that the tempo on defense, it was the tempo on defense from Oklahoma State and play calling. I heard that. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you mm-hmm. something, man. See, see, Hell see, learn. See, stop, stop copping, please, man. Yeah, stop. Stop yeah. copping, please. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Players shouldn't be talking about play calling. Definitely shouldn't be talking about because 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 if anything, when you're going against tempo, there is no be there's no play call. No. What do you mean? It's <laughs> make the tackle. <laughs> they went to tempo to keep you from going to your checks. Yeah, to stuff. keep you from play calling. They gotta go fast because if they didn't, the play caller would be whooping their ass like it did in the first half. Right. What do you mean? That's what that's called an adjustment. So what y'all do to adjust to that is you got to be simple and make plays. That's it. That's it. Simple and make plays. When you get a a, when you get an opportunity for a ten yard sack, make the play. Yeah, because you got to remember the offense is running tempo. They're simple too. They was just throwing bubbles and slants. What do you mean? What do you mean play calling? A bubble and a slant and a go route. Come on, you got. We got to stop. That's that. pretty much it. And I heard, yeah, and I was like, stop. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> and it's funny because Cam Hart was kind of sitting to the side, like, because Cam, though, when you would do, you'd be like, come on, bro, stop it. Cam was like, man, I didn't really get to play. They didn't throw the ball my way, so they know because look, they said, look, we got linebackers running with chicken with their head cut off. We got Clarence Lewis out there on clearance, and it's we going for the sale. What do you mean? Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's get into it. We're talking about the three biggest areas of concern. So we want to hear from you guys, man. What are your three biggest areas of concern? Uh, DBZ checking in. Concern is DT, nose guard, and safety. Should I agree? We get that DT and nose guard situations right. I've been saying Ooh. that all year, bro. I've been saying it all year. We need some big boys up front. We need some big boys up front. I mean, just one. We need one. If we have one Jordan Davis, if we can just grow one. that in the, in the backyard or something, oh, 
because it would just make the defense look that much more intimidating and it'll help those linebackers to gap. You know, let Prince Collie roam back there like number nine from when I played, you know. Man, do you understand how <laughs> do you understand how it would feel? Just how easy the game is. I don't want to make us easy. I didn't play the game. So let me take let me retract the word easy. You know, somebody might take it out of context. Do you know how comfortable the game is for a linebacker when you have guys like that in front of you? Yeah, absolutely. You know how comfortable the Kobe Dean is to just go make plays? AKA, AKA Man Time 2012. Speak on it. You got to it, Knicks, Sheldon in there, Prince, Prince Shimbo, Eshack, Romeo. Come on, man. Of course, Man is a Hall of Famer. What do you mean? He's out there making plays like his practice drills. Just mad comfortable. You got a you got a potential Hall of Famer into it. Yeah. You got Lewis Nix, who was top five in the draft. And you got Prince Shimbo, who was should have been higher in the draft. I mean, that's it. I mean, what do you what do you get? What, what did you get from that? A championship defense. Because Manti was looking all world. Now Manti, give him credit, he was really good. But that D-line made it really, really easy. You yeah. know, we saw that we saw what happened when the D-line wasn't as effective in the Alabama game. Yeah. <laughs> it got ugly quick. It got ugly quick. Yeah. So it just shows you how important those guys up front are, especially in the defensive run. And that's why I say, yo, getting that big guy, the two defensive tackles on the East Coast and the DMV area are very, very important. Very important. And Jason Moore, too. Jason Moore is another five started checking in on. You put him with Keon Keeley. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem in Notre Dame for about two to three years. That's right. All right, let's get to some more of your concerns. Some more, some more. Drunk Vigo said, my biggest concern is we don't have a D.C. or running backs coach. Running backs, we're going to be good. Running back coaches. And D.C., we taking our time now. We Wait. taking our time now. Come on now. Running Let's back see. coach is probably – give you a perfect example. My boy, and I'm cool with him because we interviewed him, Nathan Shieldhouse, he was a quarterback at Illinois. I think you guys played around the same time too. Yeah, uh, Nathan, I think, is from the St. Louis area. And he's a running backs coach. Now, this dude was a quarterback, my man. And this dude was a running back coach. And, and I'm not, look, D.C., I get it. Running back coach, I don't care who they hire as running back coach. The running backs go as that offensive line goes. Yeah. Period. You can put a two-star. Behind no, I mean, well, I don't know though because I guarantee you, okay. I give you an example. I give you an example. My high I got three running backs. I got three running backs in Chicago that are okay. probably high two or three stars. Okay. That if you put them behind a Notre Dame legendary offensive line, they, they will do work. Now, I'm not saying they'll be a five star. They'll be a Travion Henderson, but if all you want is production, like that's what you want. 
Adams was like a three star when he came to Notre Dame. Tony yeah, Jones is like yeah, a three Josh. star. Yeah, yeah. That was no, yeah. The running backs definitely ate the years I was. Well, there like, sure. what are we talking about? Like, because we've seen people the last two days talk about Archie Denson not not recruiting, but yet still. What do you mean, Archie Denson had a bunch of talent? But the, the guys he recruited put in work. Yeah, that's like, what do you want? Josh went to the league. What are you, what are you talking about? Do you want, uh, you want Tony Jones went to the league? What are you, Tony Jones playing for the Saints? What are you Man. Come on, you want out. production yeah. or you want to just go after five stars? It's like, how do you want to build your offense? It's just very similar to drafting in the NFL. Like, do we reach for a running back or do we build our offensive line? I've never, ever seen a top team complain about not having a running back coach. No. Ever. Like, I've never seen Ohio State or Clemson or Alabama be like, damn, we – Big time hire for a running back coach. It's probably an assistant running back. And I guarantee yeah. the only reason, the only reason Notre Dame fans have love for a running back coach at Ohio State, the only reason they love Tony Alford and really know him is because he was here. That's it. Tell me the running back coach from Michigan. Don't know him. Tell me the running back coach from Texas. Well, they got one of the coldest running backs. Wait a minute, Coach Alford had Z. That's my that's my point. But people stay connected to him because he was at Notre Dame. For sure, for sure. That's my point. Tell me the running back. Bijan is cold. Tell me his running back coach. They have no idea. No clue. But B. John Robinson is nice. I He's wish nice. he didn't get the transfer portal. <laughs> like, don't look it up on Google. Don't go Google it. <laughs> Tell me his running back coach. I have no idea. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Not with a guy like Bijan. And I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. Okay. okay yeah, yeah. But it's like, come on, It man. definitely matters because you need to know how to block. 1,000% it matters. You need to know how to block. But from just a we running left, they're going to tell you, like, which holes and how to press and all that stuff. But, I mean, you a lot of guys that are talented on this level don't need a lot of coaching. And tell me what running back coach at Notre Dame hasn't produced. Yeah, like Archie Denson got a head coaching job from that. <laughs> you know, it's like people upset. Oh, uh, we got to do better. Okay, Lance Taylor came in. He he went after more highly decorated recruits, probably than Archie Denson. But Archie Denson was a dude that got it from the mud. He was inherited. I mean, he look at the production he put up. And look, that's why we talk about Tommy, right? Like when you're a coach, you see, you look for traits of yourself, of yourself, of yourself, of yourself. yourself. You know, so when Altry Denson was here, he went after guys that he saw, like, okay, he'll go get it. And I think Altry would have got a guy like Kyrie. Yeah, if that was on the recruiting board, he would have got a guy like Kyrie. And Kyron was watching what Autry was doing with the running backs before. What do you mean? Yeah. That's why he wanted to do that. But yeah, I agree. If if anything, I don't I don't know if people are wanting like a like a Herschel Walker or something at school, but that's not even where the game is right now. Yeah, the you DC know. at this point. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, yo. Marcus Freeman at this point. Is telling you what's more important. He's like, yo, I had a guy, Heacock, that I thought was the guy. 
he wanted to come in and change everything. I'm not rocking with that. I'm rocking with my guys. Either you want to be the D.C. or you don't. You want to stay at Iowa State? Cool. But we don't have a D.C. yet, but these recruits are more important. So he said, I'll DC it. Yeah, I'll DC or I'll find a DC. Yeah. We can do interviews on Zoom, on the plane, on the PJ. But I'm getting out here and getting these five stars. That's what I'm doing. And that's the most important thing. Like, you're not sweating getting a coach in place. Never. Go get these five. You get Samuel and Pimper and David Hicks at linebacker. Dude, you can DC. <laughs> Cause when can't wait, because when cats go tempo and everything simplifies, it's like okay, dog, make a play. Yeah, yeah, and that's when we make that's when you close your eyes. That's when that's when teams stop doing tempo. Five stars. Uh, we gotta, make plays. We gotta scheme it up because we can't we they too good. So, so that man. just shows you Oklahoma State knew that player for player in that secondary and linebacking core, they can win. Yeah. When you go tempo like that, you say wait a minute, that, look, say that again. That's that's you just said something right there, bro. Say that again. No, no, I think fans, because we tried to say it in the post-game show, but say that again. What did Oklahoma State recognize? Oklahoma State said we can beat these guys being simple by up tempo. If we let these guys scheme and get to moving around and using all them blitz and all that stuff, we have no chance. But player for player, oh, I can cook him one-on-one when they're just being basic. And that's what they did the whole time. You think teams teams try to do that with Georgia, Tennessee tried to do it with Georgia, couldn't last all game. Because at the end of the day, they got a guy that's making $50,000. <laughs> a guy that's playing for a little bit more encouragement. And he's just a better player than your one-on-one player. So all them slams, bubbles, and goals are just or catch tackles or incompletes. Yeah. You know, they're not gassed. You know what I mean? So – that's where we're headed to where teams can't run tempo. So I think that'll be a, a thing of the past moving forward. Let's get some other concerns we see from LL Nation. Oh, John Bell. Thank you, man. Tapping in from Detroit. John Bell. Uh, yo, you got a connection to uh, a certain quarterback up there? We might need to send some NIL stuff through you, bro. Yeah, it's a care packages, man. Care packages, man. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Jay Clampin Investments, as always, thank you for tagging in. Concern number one is quarterback. If Buckner isn't it, we lose four games. I think I can agree with that. Because of the schedule? You think because of the schedule? You saying that because yeah, of the I think it's just like you know you're gonna need a quarterback to beat Ohio State even with a stellar defense. Yeah, you know you're gonna need to make some plays. Clemson the same way. Yeah, you know and shoot, let's see maybe you know anybody if he's not the it guy, any of them teams can can snag us for real because all our games this last year was close. It wasn't like we were just like Virginia Tech was close. You know, it's not an it guy loses that game. You know what I mean? And we might be playing in the toilet bowl. Who knows? Shit, I mean, Jack was making some throws in some of them games that we should have won by more, but 
end up making it close, like that Virginia Tech game, the Purdue game, the Toledo game. I mean, that's some big time plays or moments that could have changed our whole season. But it, you know, we're thinking so forward, like, oh, it's easy to win because we got better teams, but we're making it so close. Hey, Eugene Williams responding. That that was Cam's face. I'm telling you, the whole whole time they talking about speed, you know, they sped it up, play calling. Cam was like, Man, I'm going on a European trip, dude. That's what I'm doing when we get out of school. So yeah, dudes ain't dudes ain't worried about that. Like, like, man, like they throw that's that's pretty much Jalen Ramsey after every game. Like I can't tell yeah. you what they were trying to do offensively because yeah, yeah, I mean. I was good. Uh, let's see. Nick Cole Pitts, quarterback development. All right, that's one. What do you have for two and three? John Bell, quarterback, wide receiver. And Tommy Reese development, I'm assuming, TR development. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see – an offense that's averaging 35 points a game. I need to see 40. Shoot. I mean, I need to see 40. Have first, we don't have some first rounders we do that. If you average 40 in the regular season, that means you can put up 30 in the college football playoffs, which is what's needed. Now, you're averaging 30, 35. That means you're going to put up somewhere put in the in corner. Half. Yeah. You know, so we need to get up to 40 consistently, especially – against teams that have less talent. Like I said, that's like the next step I need to see. The very mm-hmm. next step. Like the next Mac team. Let me check Gotta be in trouble. The next Mac team that comes into Notre Dame, bro. Oh, you're on the schedule. <laughs> man. Matter of fact, no, no. The fighting Kane Maddens come to Notre Dame Stadium. The week after Ohio State. And I don't care what happens in that game. There's got to be a gap. They the fighting Kane Madden's have to get a they have to get a 40, 40 spot minimum. 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 Regardless of the game. Regardless of what happens at Ohio State. Regardless. That's a 40 spot minimum. That's almost I almost want to say the Cal Bears can get it the next week. Oh, Cal definitely. Now Cal, you know. It, but that attest that attest our secondary. You see what I'm saying? So let's not have a shootout either. You know, UNLV when they come in. Oh, definitely forty spot, like 40. without question. 40, 40, 40. Easy. Like Any team in that New Mexico, uh, Vegas area, 40, 50 spot. Like regions of the country should have point margins. Like yeah. You know. Weezing the Juice, quarterback, nose tackle, and wide receiver with linebacker being a sneaky fork because we don't know who's going to hit the field. I think we do. Uh, J.D. Bertrand and, and Kaiser are going to be out there. They're going to be out there, yeah. They're going to be out there. You know, you're not just about to throw a bunch of young players out there, but I do believe Prince Colley is going to be out there as well. I think they stick Kaiser. Kaiser probably goes to that rover position. Yeah, he- yeah, he makes and an then Bertrand, and then Bo is coming back as well. So they have depth at the position, but that depth has to play a whole lot better. 
That's all we're saying. Like, it's nice to have depth, but that depth has to play a whole lot better. I agree. Definitely got to play a whole lot more consistent, you know. Going back to what we talked about, Sorrowful Rage, Manti in the championship game. I'm not hearing that, man. It's the last – it's the championship game. How are you mentally anything other than locked in in the biggest the game? Thing, the only thing that changed – that's 300-pound 300, 300 dudes will get into the second <laughs> game. That's it. The only thing that changed. That's the only thing that changed. That dude saw 300-pounders get into the second level. They gave him mental health issues. Yeah, they gave him mental health issues. Them combo blocks. And Eddie Lacy, I mean, good grief. They stopped Eddie. They, man, they stopped Eddie Lacy for like a three-yard loss on the first play from scrimmage. And after that? Him and TJ yelled it all day. Some crazy stuff. A young TJ Yeldon. Yeah, young, young. That's what Alabama had the running game on lock. They didn't even have a Derrick Henry yet. <laughs> Jeff Luke said, number one, Reese play calling. Two, online taken to Houston teaching style. Look, there's no way the O line doesn't get better. It's just no way. It's just no way. Like Houston could turn me and you into. First rounders, at least second rounders, at least. I gotta get my weight up, but technique, I'm gonna be, yeah, you know, controlling yeah. that line of scrimmage, though. Right, right. Royal fingers, cornerback, quarterback, and OC. I'm never gonna say cornerback because I just don't want it to be an issue anymore. I just feel like if we don't talk about it, it'll just turn into the it'll turn around. <laughs> yeah, because I'm tired of talking about it. Oh, uh, let's see. If we're going whole program, it's Reese, DC, and quarterback. That's big picture. I like it. If, yo, if BK was still the coach, I would really. I'm not worried about this DC hire, bro. I'm just not. No, I'm just not. He been I'm knocking not. out the park with the DC hires. I'm just, that's the one seat because Tommy has autonomy. On the offensive side, whomever the DC is, MF is still the guy. It's his That's system. What I'm saying. It's just he need a he need an assistant almost. He don't really need it's his system. Somebody to take over the whole thing. Like that's why he didn't get the other dude. What do you mean? Like, and like I said, he knows what he wants defensively, and he has prioritized going out and getting the pieces over getting the coach. Yeah, he's like, dude, I've hired coach. I'm gonna go get these pieces for my defense. Because if I get these pieces, we can coach later. Yeah, we can coach them <laughs> up. We're gonna coach them up. But I'm about to go hit the road and get these pieces. We're Especially gonna early on in the years. Now, once you get, you know, fine-tuned and then you get pieces. Man. And that's a far de- man, that's a departure from what we've seen previously at Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, we've been finding pieces. Way it was all long. about man. Let's find these. You know, let's spend three weeks, you know, reaching out to coaches, and we haven't reached out to any recruits. <laughs> Our own recruits haven't heard from us. Our own mm-hmm. commits haven't heard from us. But we're really going out getting these coaches. Yeah, we got Matt Lafleur. I know it took a lot to get that. And, and Marcus, Marcus Freeman's like, no, nah, I'm getting these pieces. Straight and up, we'll coach them up. 
Um, Pierre, once the O-line gets quick and Sean will be able to carry the mail for ND. You ain't lying. Back in the day? Yeah. I'm telling you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't. You guys tell me because I don't have time to look it up. What's the last five star running back? Was it Marquis Step? That was like the last five star they committed. He never. Was Sierra Wood was Sierra Wood five star? I don't think Sierra was five. He might have been a four. I don't think he was a five. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, GV. Yeah, GV was a five-star. Okay. Craig Bryan, that's my guy. Yeah, Gary was a five-star. He might have been the last one. Let's see. Michael Johnson. SD Malik, what do you think about Javon Baker, wide receiver who transferred from Bama? Look, man, any transfer from Bama, the fact you left Bama makes you look makes you look real good. Makes you look real good. So it's just because of rank, I can't even really evaluate you past uh, like a B. You know, I'm just assuming that you just gonna come in. At least being a, a strong number two. <laughs> That's fact. That's benefit of the doubt. <laughs> oh man. I think that's it. Got Will Chesnick checking checking in. Our linebackers aren't slow, they're small. Mm. It wasn't coming with intensity. That's what I would say. You saw that championship came to Kobe Dean was blitzing with intensity, running through stuff, time, timing the blitz, all of that. And I would kind of just Drew White isn't the fastest. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know he ain't. He isn't the fastest linebacker. Like, come on. I could beat him in a race. Probably not. I don't know. It'd be right close. now? It'd be close. Right now, you walk on the field and stretch, you're running about what, a four or six? I'm getting the first down. <laughs> that's moves included, though. You know. Yeah. Like, that's. I don't think. Moves weren't sold separately for me. So I know I can get at least 10 untouched. Michael Johnson says they need to put up a 65 spot against Marshall, dude. And UNLV. I mean, that's just. You know, we put things on the Christmas list. I know it's early. <laughs> we put sixty-five. I'm I'm booking the I'm booking the trip to the championship early, week one. Uh, Michael Johnson says quarterback, wide receiver, and cornerback. You know what? For some reason, man, like I said, maybe it's that. Cornerback uh, for me, cornerback for me is just like. Yo. I'm not saying nothing until, you know what I mean? <laughs> we just going to keep acting like it's nothing until it pops out. I mean, think about it. We've been talking secondary for years, and we've had Kyle Hamilton. 
Julian Love, Cole Luke, Troy Pride. You know, we got guys in the league. It's just coming together at Notre Dame has been different. Oh, Ashley Hill, I don't know what. She said, how can we be a powerhouse program? Get OJTOC. And then you said, we O-line you, but Lance got no five-star running backs, but get an OC job. Look, you go to Notre Dame, you get a job. Facts. <laughs> and your running backs put up, put in work. Yeah, and, you're, and you and especially, I mean, think about this, especially if you're a running back coach, you just got to sit in that position long enough. We got the old line is going to do their job mostly for you, especially in pass, pass pickup. So now you just got to be a, a tough son of a gun. That's probably why running backs have been uh, glorified in our offense because they just had to do their job. Everybody yeah. around them are usually stellar enough for them to just play the easiest out of all the other positions. Dude, that's all. <laughs> Low-key, we just saw that uh, Alabama just offered Cardell Tate. Come on, man. We knew that was coming. You know, Alabama got eyes everywhere. That's why they've been on Alabama just about. offered Keon Keeley. They, you know. I just hope, I just hope that they hit the subscribe button when they're watching the Lucky Lefty Pod, giving them all this sauce on who to go after. And they like and share this with saving, you know. Uh, let's see. Weezing the Juice said, I don't want MF to be too attentive to the D and miss what's happening on Tom's side. I mean, that's the process of being a coach, man. Yeah. I mean, I think BK was too attentive to the offense initially. And was letting the wrong guys just have autonomy on the defensive side. You know, so. You know, you got to let everybody play their role. I think Marcus Freeman has done a good job of staying in the the right lanes. Yeah. Of what he needs to be doing, but not overstepping what, you know, is not of it, of as important. Like, if he's chasing after – If he's chasing after getting Isaiah Fowski to come back more than talking to Carnell Tate, then that's a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's been staying in the right lane of chasing recruits first and foremost and then uh, building the coaches second. Yeah. So you're right. GB and uh, James Aldridge, those are the two five stars. We lost GB, unfortunately, and James Aldridge just never – really amounted to anything. I think he eventually dealt with injuries too. So all right, bro. Let's talk about this interview. Once again, thank you all for making the interview a success last night. The Cardinal Tate interview. Yo, thank you, LL Nation. Thank you, the entire Notre Dame fan base. Everybody that watched supported. Uh, we had fun talking to the young man, and 
it's always conversation for us. I, I can't even say it was an interview. It was just literally conversation for us. But what stood out after seeing it again, bro? What stood out about that interview? I like that he chose to go down to IMG to be competitive and to learn more about the game before he goes to college. I think his acknowledgement of what makes his game the best in terms of his hands and being an all-around receiver, which is something I feel like uh, we're missing in some aspect. It would be nice. Obviously, we'll see how Lorenzo Styles develops, but to see a guy that can play the inside and out and be a possession receiver for us, I think it will be huge. You know, it will be huge on making us better as offense, and I think it would be a great fit because of his skill set. So uh, seeing that he really takes value in catching the ball, is great because I haven't heard one interview from a receiver in a long time from Notre Dame talk about being attentive to catching the ball first and foremost. So yeah, uh, that was refreshing. And his ability to describe what it was like being around Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame and, and his effect on recruiting and how he's bringing – how it starts with him and everything falls after really shows that the direction of what the MFR is bringing is really changing because it's led by a guy who knows where to go. Lucky Left the Podcast talking about the Carnell Tate interview. It stood out to me, and I think I've mentioned it and teased it a little bit earlier in the show. This kid gets it. He gets the position, the nuances. You know, it's just not about speed. You know, he told you. He's like, these dudes, these dudes down here, the majority of them are all about speed. I can do everything. I can short game. I can be run without after the catch. I can go across the middle. I can take the top off the defense. And I'm not dropping the ball. He told a story about, you know, that eighth grade tournament where he focused on his hands right after that in eighth grade. And the fact that he made a point to say Notre Dame's been was the first squad on me my freshman year in high school. Like, he knew who he was talking to when he was talking to us. Yeah. Like, he made it a point to let us know, like, yo, Notre Dame's in this. Very high on my list. Special, first team on me. And he, his recognition of what Marcus Freeman is doing and how things have changed at Notre Dame is absolutely something. You know, I see people in the chat asking us, you know, where do we feel like he's leaning towards? After we talk to him, you know, I feel like he's you know leaning towards us, but in, in my opinion, it, I'm excited that we gave the effort. You know, we, we've interviewed and talked to other guys where we didn't get the effort. Where I get it, you know, maybe that's not the direction you wanted, but in the position we're in, we're trying to grab just like I mean, everybody that Georgia and Alabama are trying to grab, and as a day recruit that they don't even play, you know, yeah. it's just a part of the recruiting game. Yeah. And on top of that, very smooth for Marcus Freeman to go see him by himself. Then come back three days later. With the game. With the game, right? But officially, he's going to see Samuel and Pimba this trip. He just left there. Like, he could have talked to Samuel and Pimba on Friday. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to go ahead leave come back check in on sammy and pimba bring tommy with me hey tommy 
go talk to Carnell. I'm going to drop you off over here. Right. I'm going to slide up here. We're going to get it both done. We're going to get both of these kids from IMG. Both of these five stars. So, as I said before, the gold standard that he talked about, the gold standard. Yo, getting all of these kids, going after these five stars and getting them to Notre Dame. I love it. You have to love it. And, of course, slow feet don't eat. Now, you know, we might have to work out a deal with them on the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might look. It's all a part of that NIL package. The lucky, we, you know, we might have to reach out to him. And his people, you know, break down the structure because that that needs to be a T-shirt. That flat out needs to be a T-shirt, and I'm sure he got it from his coaches. But the attention to detail, just from talking to this young man, talking about the adjustments he had to make. And the one thing he said, what did he say? When you come down here to IMG, you have to get used to losing. Because everybody that comes down here is the best where they come from. And you have to get used to losing in order to be successful in an environment like this. So we appreciate them. Thanks for giving us the time. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a fantastic interview. It was, and I hope we'll get the interview more when he becomes a player. Yeah. Facts. Facts. We're just trying to be an asset to the program, bro. That's all. Hey, hey. <laughs> all I know is, Indy, cut the check, Indy recruiting office. Cut the check. Cut the check. Cut the check. We're doing the job for you. <laughs> so more recruiting news. Man, it was a barnstorm of Texas for the Notre Dame staff on yesterday. Uh, of course, Marcus Freeman and the entire staff hit the state of Texas. They checked in on cornerback uh, Malik Muhammad, five-star. They also checked in on four-star cornerback Javon Thomas. Uh, Marcus, is like I said before, Tommy Reese checked in on Carnell Tate when Marcus Freeman went to check in on Samuel and Pimba. Uh, they also checked in on four-star receiver Rodney Gallagher. They checked in on five-star defensive lineman David Hicks and uh, five-star offensive lineman Sullivan Absher. So that was just all. Those are those guys. And safety's coach Chris O'Leary went and checked in on five-star Caleb Downs. And then Gus Raglan, the offensive analyst, went and checked in on four-star Tyler Williams. And uh, his, his recruitment was started by Dale Alexander, so they wanted to reacquaint themselves and look for uh, Chancey Stuckey to hop in. He hasn't hit the road yet, but in the coming weeks, he'll get more involved with the wide receiver core. And that's somebody that Carnell is going to have to meet. He's looking forward to meeting. He talked about that offline. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously that's a great closer that we're looking for Chancey to beat. Go in there and close them deals that Marcus Freeman's been setting up and Tommy's been setting up on the offensive side. I think his experience is going to help when he goes to these houses and sits with these families and just kind of goes through what a lot of these receivers would want to go through in their career. And so another great, um, great piece, great piece for our program to have somebody that is another relatable guy, just like Marcus Freeman. It's only going to prove to be beneficial moving in the future. 
Uh, NB for Life says, good morning, LL Nation. Any word about DC? I keep hearing about Derek Mason, but nothing solid. Sean, you and Malik always keep it 100, so I'm coming to y'all for the real. Thanks for everything. I think you. I think it's a great move. Obviously, it's a, a wish list picking because it's been narrowing down with the names and more. Derek Mason's been uh, sticking around. I think it's uh, coming down to a couple guys, including him. But that would be my choice. I think uh, if anything, Marcus Freeman is getting guys like you said that wants to coach under what his structure is for the defense and why he's focused on putting the pieces in there. And I think a guy like Derek Mason is adaptable to a, a system like that. And plus, it'll be the most talented defense he's probably been around with the recruits and with what the setup is for him. So for a guy that wants to be a team player, this is a great place for you to be at Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Michael Park says, biggest thing I took away from the interview, Carnell Tate is not scared and has an infectious smile. You know, add some personality to that room. We talked about that a little yesterday, man. We, it, Maybe having a social media superstar or something would be great for the, the perception of Notre Dame to change a little bit to make it more uh, exciting to want to be in that room. Donnie Cruz, love Tate's personality, but I think it was really shown due to who was interviewing him. Great job, guys. Amen. Nation, man. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. We got more in the tank. I'm telling you, it's going to get even spicier. And to see the thing, you get a kid like, now see, this is, and maybe you can explain this as a quarterback. And if I'm wrong, flat out tell me I'm wrong, bro. The wide receiver position, all positions are technical when it comes to getting better and performing at a high level on the college level. But what you have to do with the wide receiver position, and this is what stands out, the recognition of the technical aspect of the position from this young man as a high school junior shows you how cerebral he is along with the gifted gifts and talents that he has physically to me that's what makes him special that's what makes him special you're getting a guy that can be the magnet to the wide receivers in the 2024 class 2025 class like yo Carnell Tate, like watch Carnell Tate every Saturday. Man, we got to watch Carnell Tate. Did you see what Carnell Tate did? That's how important he can be to that wide receiver room in Notre Dame. Yeah, those are guys you want, guys that can reverberate like a Peyton Bowen that can his impact can extend to different recruiting classes. And I know that was big for me. You know, I saw Ed quarterback in that Notre Dame on a national championship level. I said, oh, Notre Dame made me think it different. Yeah, yeah. I said, okay, they let the brother get up there and, you know, get as far as he did. I know I got a chance too. So I know that was a, a factor that played in my own recruitment. So seeing a guy like Tate who's as infectious as he is, I think people are going to watch and just gravitate towards that. I think LSU got a lot of popularity at receiver because of Jarvis Landry and Odell during that time, and I know it was a, a distant gap, but I know they watched enough LSU tape at the time to know who it was, you know, and so I think for us, Tate is going to be a great piece in affecting other classes, but as well as promoting competition within the room yeah, and getting guys like Lindsey, well, he won't be there, but uh, <laughs> younger guys <laughs> like Styles 
you know, motivated and pushed as a as an older guy, you know, to know that the, the competition room has definitely increased. Not only that, like I said, you know, you come in and you stack youngsters with vets, right? And I think that's what got teams like Ohio State are able to do. Like Chris Olave. They give you a Chris Olave and a Garrett Wilson and then have an Jigba Smith coming right behind them. And then coming right behind Jigba Smith is Marvin Harrison you know, Jr. And you just start stacking. And that's the process. You can start stacking Lorenzo with the Carnell Tate. And then you can go to the 24 class and just start stacking wide receivers. And you see the greatness. And that's when you start to get the brand that wide receivers come from this university, whether it's Ohio State, LSU, you start to get that brand for the program. That's right. That's right. And when it goes to are you a Notre Dame fit, that's that's where it comes from. And I think, too, I want to see how that ability and technique can be transferred into fitting into an offense. Yeah. Where you have re- requirements and restrictions and things you got to do to make the offense go. And that's been kind of a, a stumbling block for us is allowing coaches and players that have their unique talents being able to fit well within what they're asked to do in the offense. Like sometimes it's not about the release. It's more about getting there on time. And I think uh, if those traits of Cardinal can, can switch over and transition to fitting in that, I think he's the guy that could be like a golden tape, you know what I mean? And, and get a lot of reception and production from that position. Let's see, Marcel, Marcel Jones, thank you for tapping in. What's up, fam, watching from Spart- Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay. Spartanburg, I, I think that's close to Augusta. That's right down there towards the bottom of South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. What stuck that's out to me? Williams is from. You're right. What stuck out to me that he said he talked to Drew Pine, but he didn't say anything about TV. I think Drew Pine was like one of his hosts on his trip into Notre Dame. So, and you know, that's just, I know if I was there, I'd be talking to him. You know, obviously that's going to be your guy, but it goes back to the personality that the quarterback has to have. In, in and it's that obvious team. that Drew Pine has personality. Yeah, it come to your, it come to your crib, you got to say hello. You know, you got to run it like that's your place of business as well you know right. I think that's just what it requires at Notre Dame now the different school you know that's different rules but from what I believe works the best in terms of building a championship team off the field from the quarterback position you gotta have a hand in everything almost maybe yeah. not as in-depth as the head coach but you gotta know what's going on in the building you got to know what recruits is coming in and out because that plays a part into building your brand and getting the right people there because it's going to help you at the end of the day. That's it. Also, once again, happy birthday to the young king, Carnell Tate, on today. We didn't even know that when we released the uh, decided to release the interview last night. Yeah, we should have released it on his birthday. Well, he should have released it on his birthday, but it turned out well. Royal Finger says, Shauna Malik, are there any is there any news on going for Kadir Ismail? 
in the portal. We like tall receivers, but, you know, I think right now we're just going to finish working on these recruits, getting ready for the spring. And it's it's kind of hard to tell when we're, we got to see what the offense is going to look like with Tommy in, in full control, you know. So I don't think it's going to look similar to what we saw in the Fiesta Bowl. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. But until I can see that style of offense, maybe after the spring, I can – give a better depiction on what we're even trying to do. Because <laughs> you know? we got talent at all three positions, running back, receiver, and tight end. But what are we going to – how are we going to put it together? Yo, I just want to say, man, if you watched that game on Monday night, uh, it's really good to hear the news that Buda Baker is up and doing much better. Uh, the game of football is uh, – I'll be honest with you, bro. I'm not one of these people – that treat football like, you know, these people are on the field entertaining me. And all I need is for them to entertain me and I could care less about anything else. You all are people, just like anybody else. And you deserve our love, our respect, and our prayers. And man, I just pray that Buddha Baker, more than anything, can return to having a fully healthy life. Like, I, if he never steps foot on a football field ever again, I just hope he has a successful life and is healthy and can enjoy his family. That's real talk. At the end of the day, man, it's still life after football. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, you got to – those are one of those hits you got to reconsider even wanting to come back. Man. And back. a lot of it, too, is that, you know, that was a bad tackle. He left his feet. And when you leave your feet like that, you don't have nothing that's giving you that bounce back. Right. When you hit, get that recourse, you just a body in the air. And then when somebody's running through that, you, you know, you have no chance. So yep. it's just one of those things where if he ran through the tackle with his feet, he wouldn't have been in that position. So. When even experienced guys do it, I know it's such a bang bang reaction play, and you know it's intense playoff uh, intensity. But those type of hits, man, those take years off your life. If you're being honest, you know, outside of just being able to be okay, that take years off regardless. So hopefully, he can just decide for himself if it's even worth it. I'm gonna tell you one time, bro, and I don't know if I ever told you this story offline. You know, I grew up, you know, you grew up in the neighborhood playing all sports, all sports. You know, we play football in the park at the start of the day. Then we go to my boy's backyard to hoop to end the day. And then we all play Little League together in the neighborhood. So we were playing all sports together. So we all matriculated up to high school. You know, your boys played with you growing up. They're like, yo, come try out for football. I had no intention. None. Didn't play my freshman year, so sophomore year, I let them talk me into it, coming up to practice. First practice, Coach George Bocat, I'll never forget Coach Bocat. I guess he was upset about the way practice was going. They blew the whistle for break. I started running to get some water, and this dude kicked over the water, told us to get back out there, we did up and downs. 
I didn't make it to, and that was the first practice because we had two a days. I walked right across the street and hopped on the bus. <laughs> and my boys was like, yo. And I'm like, no, nah, man. Nah. You did that in the middle of practice. Nah. This ain't for me. No, you did not in the middle of practice. In the middle of practice, bro. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not about to fake the funk. Yo, I could be out here. The first day? First day, bro. Uh, first day in practice. They can't even see you part of the reason why they don't even allow to. True anymore. story. And look, the, the football field is literally you hop the fence. You hop the fence at the football field, and the bus stop is right there. They looked up. Your boy was getting on a 111-115. Headed to the crib. But, but, but what made that decision like this? I didn't, didn't love you, it. Didn't, you didn't look around and be like, I didn't I'm love not it. Going, I'm I was out there. These guys. I was out there for my boys. And I yeah, didn't love it. I'm not gonna let these boys like last longer than me. You know, this this just what no, it is. I didn't care about that. <laughs> I didn't care about that. I was very clear and intentional and knew that my two loves. Well, basketball and baseball. That's fine. That's football fair. was a distant <laughs> third, right? Distant. It wasn't and, even. Dope. And in order to go, this is what I'm saying. In order to go through that, like the stuff that you all go through, you have to love the game. And I knew I didn't love it. Yeah, you definitely got to love it to do. And it. I didn't need to have another practice to know. I knew it immediately. No, I don't love this. I don't love You didn't this wait the week, man. You make it seem like it was the boot camp of uh, Marines or something. No, I'm just saying. First of all, I didn't do – I didn't. first of all, you're not going to stop me from getting some water. That's number one. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. Which eventually became an issue. That's a part of it, though. That's just a part of, get, you know, getting tough. And... Number two <laughs> – you're not gonna stop getting no water. Number two, you scream way too much, my man. You scream way. It's the first day. Yeah. We should like just do. It's the first day. This is what y'all have to deal with. Now, mind you, my baseball coach was probably the most disrespectful coach you could ever have, dude. So, gave, so what happened? Everybody had a nickname, but the way he did it, he didn't scream at you. He just let you know real on the low. Like, <laughs> like whisper to you, you sorry ass. There you go. It was on the low. It was on the low. It's like, man, come on. Come so on, Coach different. Brown. That's worse. No. No, no. Because you know why it's worse? Because if you do it like that, that means it's personal. Like, I'm really trying to tell you one-on-one. Not what he does to everybody. But like, when you come in as a everybody? freshman – when you come in as a freshman and the dude that's about to get drafted in the second round at third base by the Angels is getting the same treatment, it's yo, it's but all the yelling, but the yelling is but because the, the personal talk is then it's like, am I supposed to say something back? You know, when you get yelled at, it's like I ain't gonna respond because you know you you doing it for show, you know. It's like all right, all right. But if it's personal, it's like, oh, this is a conversation, like, oh, I'm supposed to reply, respond and reply. But my point is, I loved it. I loved the game. Yeah. So now when I love the game, I take that totally different. Oh, okay, okay. You didn't take the football yelling. No. I'm here to kick it with my boys, being honest. 
Oh, you trying to see you? That's the problem. You was trying my boys to asked me to play. My boys asked me to play, so I said okay. This ain't recess, Sean. That's messed up. <laughs> you know, and that's my fault. It was cool till they start really talking to you crazy. Dude, I was like, nah, I don't love it that no much. Water, <laughs> I don't love it that much, bro. And you mean I have to go through this again in an hour? We get an hour break, and then we have another two-hour practice? Nah. Nah. And it's the summertime? See, I you mean, course, you mean I have to sacrifice my summertime for this? Come on, bro. It's I'm worth not, it, bro. It was I'm, worth it. No, it was worth it for you. Because <laughs> you loved it. I loved it. Baseball, you got to give up way more. Don't y'all play way more games? No, we yeah. had travel. See, at that point, I was playing travel baseball, which meant we had two big tournaments. Oh, you only had two. Okay, okay. Right. And travel baseball is due. Anybody that can speak travel baseball. So we had a tournament in Niles, Michigan, right? Which meant we had a host family. This host family had a house on the lake. Dude. So we were like jet skiing. Like this is this is travel baseball. Okay. We jet skiing on that lake, jumping to the lake, swimming, having a ball. So you like the amenities because you know football being hard. You know, you may what, be sleeping on the floor or something. You like, hey, this ain't cool. I'm just saying that's you know, that's another thing. Shout out to our boy Carnell. Oh, that's but you know, I'd like to say tip of the cap to his to his boy who was in the bunk bed behind him trying to get some rest and allow us to he got a class in the practice he got to go to. He <laughs> tried to get them a couple of hours in. Man, dude. See? Dude. People chiming in, man. Those two a days in the middle of summer before school. That's not for everybody. Well, what else was you going to do? That's my question. What, what was you going to do in that time? Are you serious? <laughs> Summertime shy? Wait a minute. What are you going to do in that time? I, that, wait a minute. I hopped in. I hopped on that bus. Right. Okay, home, yeah. <laughs> immediately got the keys to the car. Because I think it's out. No, I didn't have my license quite yet. I didn't have my license quite yet. But that was at practice. But somebody in the neighborhood had a car. And we went and kicked it. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was your boys, you said all your boys at, the, at, at practice. Come on, dude. No, no, no. Literally. Our entire neighborhood, we had dude. No one on a two-block radius of, of my crib, we had like 95% boys. Like all of the families had all boys mm. in the family. So it was a man. Oh, it was deep. So you, yeah. you found somebody, brother, to keep. Oh, we just, there. man, we had like squad. Each block had a squad. <laughs> Each block had like a football team. And that's oh, how okay. we competed against one another. So, yeah, somebody was around the crib. That's funny. I would go hoop or I would go, man, I'm not about to waste my time getting screamed at. Oh, okay. So you just wanted the time to do whatever you wanted to do. That's what anybody wants. Well, football, it's the same thing. It's just only for an hour, man. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> One thing you missed it. It was two two-hour practices. Two two-hour practices in the middle of summer. 
But think about it. You get your exercise on. You get to compete for a little bit. It's four hours out of the 20, so you got a whole day. Come on, man. <laughs> you, I get it. You were in Ohio. I get it. Because you missed out. See, that, now you ain't talking about the city. Summertime, you ain't talking about the city. doesn't hit the same as summertime in Chicago. <laughs> so I understand. I understand. I understand. Yeah, That's no, all you no, all no. had to do was, like, go to football practice. No, we had a bunch of stuff. It just it just so happened all my friends was playing, and that was the thing to go. You go to football, and then you do everything after, man. Go to the mall. We go to skating, you know. And you loved it, right? Yeah, it was great. That's the point. That's, that's the only that's point the I'm trying to make. You loved it. I knew immediately that I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew immediately that I hated it. He said he looked around. No, nah, I'm getting over that fence, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm looking at my boys like, wait a minute, y'all, y'all love this? Like, man, I love you, Sean. Where you going? Shit, I ain't coming back, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, they looked up. I had my bag hop the fence, and I was right there at the bus, boy. Across the street, so they saw it. You just no, 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 not across the street. Hop the fence, and the bus stop is right there, <laughs> literally right there. And they're like, "Sean, you, you, you all right?" No, man, I'm not all right. <laughs> no, they look. They came looking for me when they got home. When they got back yeah. to the hood, they came looking for me. He was like, kicking. No, we talked you up to coach. Told you were coming. I'm like, you, you in a whole nother fit. You already come to. <laughs> I was like, man, look, and, and man, it was crazy because man, every time I would walk past him in the hallways for the rest of my time in high school, that dude would like give me a look. Like, dang, you done walked out on us, bro. Like he had big plans for me. Or <laughs> I'm like, dude, you barely saw what I could do. <laughs> and I was playing corner. That's what I wanted to play. Yeah, yeah. I want to play corner, but I'm See, like you didn't want to. You didn't want to help out that Irish man, dude. It, it was the most boring practice, dude, because we ran the ball like 95 percent of the time. Oh, uh, you went to the wrong high school. Okay, you know what I'm saying? That's all. So practice was like I'm standing out at corner, and then on defense we playing like 10 yards off the ball. Okay. So it's the you know when you play your boys, at the, you bump and run when you playing at the park. Can't do that. Right. So that was nothing about that practice that made me say, okay, I like this. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. And we ran the same run plays over and over again. Yeah, you got to get the blocking right. No, man. You keep that. You keep that. Now, maybe if I went to Lakewood, were y'all going four or five wide? No, now you, you need that run game. Listen, the playoffs come up. You need that run game. It's just, a, but that's what you love, you know, hitting them creases and then you getting the combos right. And man, what? That's 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 what you want. That's like making a good dish. Yeah, Sean, did you at least get to hit somebody? No, that's my point. No, I didn't get to do nothing, man. Nothing. See, the thing was, that's the second practice. You're supposed to condition and get right the first practice, and then you hit the second practice. You missed the action. You missed the best part. 
Chadwick Brown playing football in high school was what got me turned on to rugby. We had to play a spring sport, and a teammate got me to play rugby in the spring. Played four years of rugby. See, Chadwick, you that's rugby, rugby cool like that. So you was probably should have did rugby because it's that's that's more like how no. we used to play in backyard. Now I will say this: if I grew up on the East Coast, I most definitely believe I would have loved lacrosse. I really do. I would have loved, loved lacrosse. They love lacrosse over there, but I would just lacrosse like lacrosse is basically like basketball on grass. Man, That's all it is. Well, uh, I mean, hockey on grass, but it still has basketball concepts. They hit me with that stick. It's gonna be a discrepancy. That's like that's like you. That's like hitting somebody out of bounds already. It's like, come on, bro. that ain't even. That's no strategy, right? You know I mean? That it's ain't. Yeah, Malik, thank you, Jay Clampett. Malik talking trash to me when he had on a red jersey in practice. Didn't nobody touch him. See, that's college. And he was involved in every play. That was college, though. That was college, though. And then, yeah, you got to pick the right position. Wait a minute. You played offense gotta, in high school, right? Wait a minute. You got to pick the right position now. Now, maybe I'll pick the wrong <laughs> position. I'll keep it a buck. You're right. I screwed that one up. I'll jump. You're right. You're absolutely hey, right. You're going to play and play the best part. You you're know right. what I'm saying? Like, dang, you want to play the outskirts where, you, you know. Right, you know. Right. That's what you got to love the game. You got to love the game way out there. Right. Know. It don't take a lot to love the game when you're in it because it's like you better you better do something. Or your ass gonna get <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. <laughs> hey, Pierre, look. All I'm saying is the one thing I could do was run. And the one thing I always wanted to do and love to do when we play at the park, I love tackling. Love tackling. No, yeah, growing up, that's – I mean, even without football, you just tackling people. You know, that's what y'all – that's what kids do, especially boys growing up. We just tackle. He's like, what you say? <laughs> you know, and you always have, like, one person that's bigger than everybody. And for a long time, they used to like just running through everybody as kids. But by the time we got to high school, yeah, by the time we got to high school, I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. We, you had that one person in the neighborhood that had the bench with the weights. Straight up. Everybody went to their crib to live. At the same time, it's like, yeah, I had a little something by the time we got to high school. So it's yeah, like, yeah, man, time, like, time, time passed. Yeah. <laughs> And then you learn to tackle and hit the legs. Yeah, it's a wrap. The gator roll. Right. Yeah, it's you in there. Uh, let's see. John Clemick is not laughing. I'm so yeah, John. I, I ran to the bus stop, bro. That last little bitch you had in practice, you got to the bus stop with. Man. John Clemick says, Oh man, that fourth practice when the pass go on. See, I never made it to the past. Bro. That's what I'm saying. You missed the – you was at the part where they try to make people quit. That's the so point. Think, they got you, they got you. Well, that's exactly what they made me do. <laughs> that's exactly what they made me do. Because you know why? It, it's usually not enough pads, so you need to thin out the herd by the time it comes to pads. That's why they do that. But, you know, nowadays it's whatever. Let's see. And that one frost freshman sophomore – I thought he was next and skipped those morning workouts, but did skip running his mouth. 
I didn't run my mouth. Like I said, my whole purpose was to come enjoy time with my boys. Yeah, you was you was going to kick it like the clubhouse. This ain't yeah. the clubhouse. Sean. That was my entire purpose. Like we keep it a buck. Like I didn't do because it. it was we were a playoff team every year, but we weren't like contenders for a state championship. Any like anything oh, like see, that. That was, that was in the middle of the road anyway. We were contenders for the city championship, and as far as the state championship, man, second third game. We would get bounced. You know, we win a couple of games in the state tournament, and then you know we just didn't have enough to beat the either the Catholic schools or beat the suburban schools. We were talented, but our coaching staff was minimal. Man, our weight room was trash. Uh, so you had a bad experience around the school. No, no but that's just the keeping it a buck. That's the public school experience. In Chicago. No, I agree. You know, there's a lack of resources. And I think it's gotten a lot better. Carnell talked about that. Our resources are getting a little bit better in public schools. But, you know, football is still dominated by the private schools in the inner city and the suburban programs. And it's always going to be that way. No, straight up. But, hey, I, and it's no shame on my game. I'm cool. Yeah, you made it out. If I if I had to do it all over again, I still wouldn't make it to the fourth practice. <laughs> you would make it to that fourth practice. You no. know what you know now. For what? Things turned out great. You could have been helping the Irish. Man. You never know. No You could have been, been DBU, the reason why. You and Ty Light. I am helping the Irish right now. <laughs> that Carnell Tate interview. <laughs> yeah, we, we think Carnell. <laughs> It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic? Petty Junction. Notre Dame players, and we always ask them one question. Who was the best hooper on the football team when you were there? Last night, I had the uh, honor of watching a Big Ten Network documentary about the relationship between Notre Dame's women's basketball head coach, Nail Ivy, and the relationship between her and her son, Jaden Ivy big time player at Purdue. And they had all of this footage of Jaden Ivey shooting baskets at Notre Dame as a kid. I don't know where they got this footage from, but I'm like, I gotta throw every Notre Dame football player, basketball player that ever came across this kid on the petty train. Why is this kid playing basketball at Purdue? Mike Gray. Now, wait a minute. Wait a Hold minute. on. All y'all going on the petty train today. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Not me. Because not if Jaden Ivey, Ivey and Blake Wesley were on the same squad, 
Notre Dame basketball will be pretty good. But I blame all of you that shot him with this young man. All of you. I and allowed his mind to get outside of South Bend. All of you are to blame. I was the first. I can be the only one I can vouch. You can ask the coach. You can ask everybody. I was the one when he was growing up. I was shooting basketball with him. I'm surprised I wasn't in the footage. And I, said, and I said he should have been recruited. And I asked Coach Ivy why back then. She was like, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm with you. I put the whole the whole university on staff. The fact that she played there one, she's coached there and coached one, and now she's the head coach. And you didn't even, you didn't even, what? And then they said they came late. You know, Johnny come lately. How you come late and, and, he, and he was shooting in your backyard literally? Man, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, bro. Most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Now I gotta throw, I don't know who the company is, but if you checked out the Gunner interview on The Breakfast Club, he talked about him and Young Thug being on the PJ, <laughs> paying for the plane, paying for the food to be catered. They never got the food on the plane. They were pump faking like they were about to take off. The stewardess called the authorities to have them pull off the plane because she felt insulted. Man, need I go on? Dude, that entire aviation company and the entire staff, including the pilot, has to go on the petty train. Has to. And I think like, a lot of them because they didn't get them no finger licking. They said they had finger licking from Miami. That's one of the best places to get food from. I'll be I'm upset too. Man, I never had finger licking from down there. You ha have you? It's the place to be. Gotta get you some, man. Really? It's worth, it's worth kicking somebody off the planet for. Really? <laughs> I, see, when I go to Miami, I usually hit Battle Harbor. But I usually stay in Fort Lauderdale because I don't like the hustle and bustle. You like know. The, the days of staying, you know, staying on the beach and all of that. Um, man, give me some peace. And if I want to drive to Miami, it's a quick 20 minute trip. I'm there, park on Collins or somewhere around there, walk up and down the strip and enjoy myself. Well, you, you have not, you have not done Miami. The top three people to go do Miami with will probably be someone in the entertainment business. Uh, Miami, I don't know how it is now, but back in the day, a Miami football player, not the Miami Dolphins, mm -hmm. the University of Miami. It was more popular. Man, back then, uh, and probably any type of celebrity. Those are probably the three types no, you want to do Miami with. Yeah, anybody that's uh on some media some form sports entertainment or something yeah or even real estate you know real estate people go down there in miami go crazy so you know andrew palmier we appreciate you y'all crack me up man thank you and thank you for the super chat we appreciate you now can i get weird for a second because this story had me done and um i think it's petty for one specific reason. So a story broke and was trending 
and I couldn't get to it yesterday. There's a story come out that people are like discussing whether or not 41-year-old tennis star, sister of Serena Williams, Venus Williams, is still a virgin. Now, I personally thought she had been married before. I thought so too. And come to find out she wasn't. And people in her camp, for some reason, leaked this story and it became big time news. And my point is like, why are we, why are we talking about, why are we talking about that? Like, who cares? It's mad petty to put her name out there over a story about this as if, I don't care either way. Yeah, I don't think somebody was checking for it. They're like, damn, for real? I, That's what it was. I think it was like this. They let a lot, some people down. Some people were encouraged. Some people, you know, whatever. <laughs> like somebody breaks up with you in high school and you show up first to school the next day. You yeah. put something out. Trying to establish your own narrative. Just just in case anybody was wondering. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So I think we missed one more super chat. Here we go. Chadwick Brown is Jaden Everett on the right on the radar for running back post. I, to be honest, man, that running back coach situation. It was nice to see an in staff hire, maybe an assistant, get boosted up to that position. I think it would be good just because we can keep some attention there, and. It would be cohesive to the offense instead of getting another guy to be a, a wave disruptor with, with Tommy. So yeah. maybe an in, in staff hire would help. Yeah. And I missed this one. I wanted to get to it. Matt Loss. Why isn't everyone talking about Jalen Brown? I know Tate is the number one priority. But for a while, it seemed like Brown had interest in Tate would be fired. Uh, actually, yesterday, I gave my top three targets for the staff. Jalen Brown was number two. So I don't think the staff is sleeping on Jalen Brown at all. He's definitely a higher priority. Would he be a tougher get? I don't I want to look Notre Dame at this point, the way everything is going, they they can get whoever whomever they want. Uh, DBZ says they should be happy she not ran through. <laughs> DBZ wilding this morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's mad. Like, who cares, man? Are we really talking about that? Thank you for the super chat. Props to you both keeping it light and spinning it different. We appreciate you, Ashley Hill. We promise to do that always. Yeah, so if you missed the Cardell Tate interview, please go over. It is archived on our YouTube channel at Lucky Lefty Podcast. Don't forget, as always, we are available on Apple Podcasts on A2S Network. Just search A2S Network, and you'll be able to get all of our shows on Apple Podcasts. That's really picking up as well. Our numbers on Apple Podcasts are picking up, so we appreciate you, appreciate you guys greatly. Don't forget, next Tuesday... Cam McDaniel's going to jump on. Malik's former teammate, former running back. Man, all-around businessman, cutting deals internationally. 
We'll have him on Tuesday on the Lucky Lefty podcast. That's right. And then we'll let you know, guys, know a little bit later about our next interview. Hopefully, we'll have a big-time interview this weekend to release on next week. So look for that as well. So, as always, remember, Anora Whiskey, we're featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWhiskey.com. It's the premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Subscribe, share. Most of all, hit that like button. Hit that like button. We appreciate you, LL Nation. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning for another edition of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. As always, spin it different today.